Hey everybody, welcome to the Smooth Burrito. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah, that's a smooth burrito. Hell yeah, I'm Frank. I'm Trevor. Um, well I suppose we should just get down right to it. You been playing anything cool? Yeah, I have actually. Um, it's that time of year, man. Um, there's a lot of freaking games out and it's hard to keep up. Uh, I've been playing mostly this game called Outer Worlds. Uh, a lot it's like basically obsidian they made fallout new vegas outer worlds is their like individual independent project um i'm assuming it started before the acquisition by microsoft because it's on my ps4 and that's where i'm playing it um, it is also on game pass uh, but the interesting thing about this game is just how much it is like fallout like it's kind of insane how close to fallout it is almost to a point where it's like is bethesda like allowed to sue them for this like it's so weird um but the result is really good and it's not a buggy mess and uh i believe obsidian did and you can correct me if i'm wrong they, they did nice to the old republic sequel as well didn't they yeah they did code or two and uh New Vegas. Yeah, New Vegas. That was like, New Vegas is my favorite call. Yeah, no, Knights of the Old Republic, New Vegas, that game everyone likes. <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, New Vegas. Um, no, like, Fallout New Vegas is, one of, is my favorite Fallout game, um, which is why I was, like, especially excited for this game. Um, I will say that it takes a little bit, it borrows quite a few mechanics from, like, both um, to, like, Bioware side and the Bethesda side uh, kind of melds them into like this really cohesive experience. That's a shorter game um, from what I'm seeing, but like it's very, uh, it's very well done. It's not super buggy. I'm not running into like a bunch of weird gameplay pacing issues. Um, the quest structure is fun. It's good. It's interesting. I like the different worlds, like you travel to different planets and shit, and so far the ones that I've been to um, have been like vastly different, uh, so it, changed, it changes up things quite a bit. Um, a lot of people complain about the UI and the inventory system, but I actually quite like it. Um, I like the skill tree, like the way the skills are um, uh, attributed, and then I also like the perks and stuff they have in there um but yeah i, I really i'm really liking that game uh, it's, it's pretty cool have you checked that one out no i've been meaning to um it's definitely on my list like my purchase backlog list um but that shit is huge at this point like i just bought over the weekend not even playing to play it just because it was on sale uh resident evil 2 the remake so oh, that one's so good yeah i'm i'm fucking behind but i have been watching the coverage of that and i know a few people who have been playing it and i'm glad that uh, obsidian made a game that honestly kicked fallout's ass especially since i heard that Obsidian wanted that to be a Fallout game and brought it to Bethesda, and then Bethesda was like, no, because they didn't want to take uh, attention away from Fallout 76, which we'll get to that in a bit, but... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like I've watched, like, um, documentaries on the Fallout series, and I feel like New Vegas was, like, the outlier, the one that, like, kind of Bethesda... I don't... I think there's some, like, salt there, 
um, between those two. Oh yeah, I think there is because like the, the New Vegas kind of made good on all of the promises that Fallout Three failed on. Um, I'm not a Fallout fan. I haven't even played New Vegas. I barely like I played like half of three, uh, and then got bored with it. Um, but like from what I hear. Since uh, Obsidian is made up of ex-Interplay guys, and Interplay made Fallout 2 and 1, that was more of a Fallout game than Bethesda was able to do, and I do think there is some sort of weird salt between the two, now especially that oh, yeah. uh, Obsidian basically got batted down with the game that they wanted to make, but I'm glad that they were able to make it anyway, and I'm looking forward to like playing it, and I'm also looking forward to Outer Worlds 2, because it's actually going to have money behind it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Microsoft pour everything into that. They've been plugging this one away a bunch, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, like, and I know we took it out of the notes, but, uh, like, you can buy a Taco Bell box and get 14 uh, days of free Game Pass, and they announced that just as Outer Worlds came out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's definitely a big seller for Game Pass. Like, that's a good, solid Game Pass game there. Um, another game I've been playing is the new call of duty game um <laughs> i i've probably skipped the last i mean the last call of duty game i played was probably advanced warfare just a long time ago um but i really liked modern warfare modern warfare was like my favorite call of duty um it was the one that kind of got me in to like first person shooters and all honesty um, so I wanted to try this one out. So far, I'm liking it. Um, I'm not, like, a professional Call of Duty player, so you're not going to hear me complaining about um, all the bullshit multiplayer fuck-ups that everybody's got going on right now because they're not relevant to me. Um, but I'm enjoying the game. I'm having fun with it. Um, it's decent. Uh, the campaign seems really fun and interesting. There's definitely, like, a huge... It's like probably one of the best looking games I've seen on modern consoles, plain and simple. Like that's this generation. That's one of the hands down one of the best looking games I've seen. So that's cool. Um, and then I'm plugging away Dragon Quest Eleven still um, on my Switch, which is just kind of a slow, slow burn, long game. But I really like it. Having fun with it. Nice. Yeah, I was kind of interested in the new Call of Duty, especially since the last one that I played seriously was the original Modern Warfare. And I guess I guess technically Modern Warfare too, but both those games kind of ran together in my brain at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wouldn't mind playing a Call of Duty, but that would mean giving money to Activision, and I have not really a policy against that, but I try to avoid it, especially in cases like the Call of Duty series where I'm essentially going to get nickel and dimed on DLC and pay to win crap. Yeah, I, I think that... And and I I could be wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure all maps, map releases and shit are free um, for this one. That's cool. For everybody. There is, they did do something fucked up and made one of the multiplayer modes exclusive to the PlayStation for a year. Everybody's really mad about that. Um, but other than that, it seems like they're doing, they're doing all right on this one. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I have been playing a game called The Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, which is okay. an, it's an indie release. It's on Switch and PC. Uh, it might be on PS4 and Xbox One. I'm not sure. Um, but 
It's interesting. This game came out like probably about six months or so before River City Girls, and they kind of had a, have a shared lineage, which I'm going to have to take you through. So River City Girls is a spinoff slash new entry in the series of River City Ransom, uh, which is a westernization of a game series called Shin Niketsu Kua Kunio-kun or whatever, which is about this uh, essentially like street tough high school student beating the shit out of gang members to either rescue his girlfriend who uh who is the main character of river city girls incidentally or uh and they're both captured little twist but um rescue his girlfriend or beat the shit out of a rival gang because they beat the shit out of one of his classmates um the first game like the the next one river city ransom is really good uh, there was actually a Super Nintendo one, or Super Famicom, I should say, called, uh, Niketsu Kuakunio-kun Tatachi no Bank or something like that. Probably have that wrong. But essentially, it was a, um, it was, like, the characters weren't super deformed anymore, and they were using the Kunio-kun setting to actually tell... Like, River City Ransom and that original game, were always, they were always kind of goofy because everyone, like, looks like little chibi kid things and whatever. This, it's on the Super Nintendo. The sprites are bigger. They have more human proportions. The story is actually kind of serious. Like, they, they use it to tell... Like It's still that game at heart, but they use it to tell a serious story about characters that seem more like actual people and less caricatures. Right. Um... Which is funny because River City Girls completely abandons that, but the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa takes that concept and kind of goes further with it, where you can tell, like, by how the sprites look and just how the main character looks and everything, This whoever made this played a lot of that Super Nintendo Kunio-kun game. But, instead of being a beat-em-up that tells a serious story, it is a game that is a life, kind of like a day-to-day -day life simulator, Sort of like a more unfocused Shenmue, except in 2D is how I would describe it, that just so happens to contain beat-em-up elements. Like, it has basically the same fighting engine, and similar, like, you can level up your stats, you can learn new techniques, yada yada yada, but, like, that's not the main focus of the story. The main focus of the story is getting this kid through school. <laughs> and, like, wow. dealing with the trials and tribulations of all of his friends who feel like they're basically, like dead-ended because when you start the game he has all f's and he knows nothing and you have to like you actually have to fucking like study and shit and go to your part-time job and it's yeah, essentially a time management game that's cool that's like one of my favorite things kind of about like the persona series is like that it implements that really well so that's that's kind of cool yeah but like it's it's really interesting too because like so you see guys who are in uh, the Japanese school uniforms and they're all different colors around and like you, you you're like if you've played the Kunio Kun games like I have your brain just goes oh these are the rival gangs I have to beat them up some of them that's true like they're like the guys in the red uh, you usually end up fighting same with the guys in the purple but some of them like the ones that hang out in front of your house or the guys in green who hang out in front of the school like I beat up a few of them and then in the case of the guys in white, one of my friends was like, dude, why are you fucking with the guys in front of your school? Like, no one knew, or in front of your house, no one knew why the hell you did that. 
and then like the other one the gang uh the green gang leader comes up and he's like hey man i thought we had an understanding <laughs> like <laughs> so i'm like this game this game is really just a complete subversion of what this sort of game is usually i guess and the combat still feels pretty good like i'm not gonna say it's the best i think river city girls definitely has it beat out on that but uh that's since it's not the focus of the game like it's just a it's a very real universe like you see npcs going around like you you there's a real-time clock essentially that is like 10 minutes a minute basically or somewhere around there and then okay. doing different things uses up different blocks of time like if you go to if you go to class you're going to use up like four hours um per two blocks of class that you can go to or what i've been doing is like go to the first block skip out on the second block and go to the part-time job at the video store so i can make money in the game but like there's np like not even just gang members but just like regular npcs going to and fro in like their existence um while then you see them while you're going and doing what whatever you're doing which uh that's really cool. It feels like, even though it's a 2D game, it feels like a real place. And these characters feel like real people. And I am oh, i don't know how far I am in the game, but um, I have liked it. Like for, At first I was iffy on it, but I have liked it way more the more I've played it. And Ian has finished it, and so has his brother. And Ian has said it's in his top three favorite games of all time at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, dude, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's cheap too, so that's good. That's always good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've been playing that. Um, I also I played some Tekken and got my ass kicked because it's Tekken and I haven't been practicing. Uh, I played some Soul Calibur Six, which that game doesn't get me anything over Soul Calibur Two, and in fact, the things that it adds in the combat system, supers and a weird rock paper scissors clash mechanic when you uh do like both do unblockables at the same time it feels like that it's an active detriment to how the game feels so uh i actually got a humble bundle code for that game and i ended up giving it away <laughs> <laughs> and then i played some samurai showdown which that game is fun and it almost makes me want to buy a ps4 for it it's not that good, but I'm getting a PS4 for cheap soon anyway, if all goes well, so I'm definitely going to be picking that up. Okay. Nice, man. But yeah, I'm glad that's what I've been up to. Um, you got some good gameplay time in. Yeah, finally, right? Yeah. I've been, I've been just, I've been trying to actually, like, take the time to play the stuff that I buy and, and or take the time to play the stuff that I just want to play. Like, I wouldn't have ended up picking the Friends of Ringo Ishigai. It's, it's hilarious. I recommended that game to Ian based on an article on it I had seen before I played it because I figured it would be up his alley. And then he was like, I beat it, have you played it? Because I really want to talk about it. And I understand why he wants to because there's a lot of story content in there. But um, I need to finish it. And so I wouldn't have picked that up if he hadn't asked me to. But I'm glad I did. yeah. yeah. For sure, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check that out, too. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, uh, you ready for some news? Oh, yeah. So, 
Uh, I hope you're ready to buy bigger pants, because Analog has a new system coming out that's going to fit in right next to your Nintendo Switch. And what's that system called, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Analog Pocket. Uh, it's a $199 FPGA console, like their other ones, uh, that plays Game Boy games. Or at least that it's Game Boy-centric, with uh, Game Boy Advance support as well. A, a 615 pixel per inch screen, which is nuts. Um, wow. Like, that's that that's denser than the, the iPhone, right? Yeah, this is really, really high PPI. Yeah, and I know that they said they did that to, uh, like, you know, the Game Boy. The Game Boy doesn't scale to the Game Boy Advance to the even the color. I think is slightly different aspect ratio. Uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, apparently they did it. Um, it's sixteen hundred by fourteen forty too. But apparently they used such a high res screen so the scaling would look right. Uh, Interesting thing here, too, is that they're also... It's not just Game Boy. You get Game Boy out of the box. They're planning cartridge adapters for the Lynx Game Gear Neo Geo Pocket Color. Uh, I We'll see if those happen, because they also said that about the original uh, NES thing that they did. The second one. The FPGA one, not the first one. Right. Um, but those didn't end up materializing, so... This is my dream come true. Um I love analog and I've like always had my eye on the found it super fucking interesting. Um, I actually recently was like in the market searching for like a Game Boy Advance um, or just like a Game Boy Advance to pick up because there's like a ton of games that I've just really been uh, itching to play on that console lately. Um, And I have a retro shop up the street from my house. It's really cool. And um, I always go in there and like look and see what they have and they have like decent retro games to decent prices so like they announced this recently and I was like holy shit this is like if I was sitting there thinking what would be the perfect ideal situation to be able to play like retro like Game Boy Advance and Game Boy games like this would be it um, and you didn't mention that it also has a dock that connects to your freaking TV. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. Um, so you can dock this thing. And I will say, like, like looking at pictures of this, like, this thing looks fucking clean, dude. Like, Oh, yeah, it looks like a nice piece of kit. Yeah, dude, it, it's really fucking nice. Like, I, I can't wait for this. This is a pre-order day one thing for me. Like, I absolutely have to have it. What I want to know is um, this uses the same, like, Altera Cyclone FPGA that's in the Super NT and the Mega SG. Are people going to just port the cores from those to this thing, or vice versa? Like, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Uh, I, I guess I, I, I'm not sure if it's happened with the SG or the NT yet. I'll, I'd have to look it up, but I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think so. Um, um, it, it also yeah. cool thing. It comes preloaded with Nano Loop, which is a little Game Boy Advance music or Game Boy regular Game Boy rather. Uh, that's exactly music what sequencer. Yeah, that thing's yeah. cool. I've messed around with it. Yeah, that's really cool. Like the, this is incredible. This is like just a really cool thing that like I didn't think would ever exist, and then they just announced it. And was like, holy shit, I have to have this. Like it's expensive. It's not cheap. Um, at two hundred bucks. 
Uh, and then you actually have to have the cartridges too. So like, and some some of those Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games aren't too aren't very, are not on the cheaper side. Yeah, and it, um, the thing it does have a micro SD card slot. Um, and every other analog product has had a firmware come out that lets you sideload stuff from the SD card slot. Uh, I know the NT's one is a little tricky because since the NT doesn't have the expansion chips baked into the hardware, you can't SD load Star Fox or anything. But I don't think that I think Game Boy Advance ga- Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games are pretty standardized hardware. I don't think there's any special chips to worry about. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that I might be wrong, but outside of weird stuff like uh, the Game Boy printer, which supposedly this would support, right? Because it's the same cartridge slot. Um, yeah, but Game Boy printer uh, or like uh, WarioWare Twisted uh, is another thing or Bulk Tie where you need to have the actual hardware. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. I don't know if I'm going to get one myself, but it's it's a cool thing. I'm interested to see if a friend of mine who does a bunch of Game Boy modding is interested in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna get one. Um, I just, I just think it's really fucking cool, and I play a lot of games. Like handheld devices are like my thing. Um, so this is like right in my alley, dude. I fucking love it. Yeah, it's pretty red. And that black one just looks so sweet. Really, I, I would probably get the uh, white one. Yeah, I would get the. I'm like an all black everything type person, so. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Nice. Um, I'm also like I didn't see it in the article. I might have missed it, but uh, Super Game Boy support. I wonder if it has it. Like you know the 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 expanded color paletting options and the. Uh, the borders and stuff. I, I would think that they would put that in there, but who knows? Yeah, true that. Um, but anyway, now on to something that is absolute trash. Let's talk about the the active dumpster fire that is Fallout seventy six, oh the game that keeps on giving. Like, just, it just keeps getting worse, and you, I just don't understand. The thing is, like, uh, people have accused me of enjoying bagging on this game before. It's not that. Shit just keeps happening. Like, I bagged on Anthem when it came out, and I'm done with that game because everyone else is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for the first... The problem with this one is Bethesda's not done. No. No. on their own game. <laughs> So I'm just going to go through the cards as they come because it, it's just, it's a, like a progressive dunk on themselves, a progressive cell phone. Uh, the first one is, so those humans NPCs that they promised to stick in Fallout 76 that honestly probably should have been in there at launch, not happening until 2020. This was their big E3 push for this game. Yeah. <laughs> they spent like 15 minutes talking about it. Oh man! Everyone. And then there was that guy who was like notoriously so excited about it. I'm sure he's devastated. Oh god, that guy is probably on Jeffrey Epstein watch. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's not happening. But uh, fret not, because for a hundred dollars a year, 
you can sign up for Fallout first and uh, completely break the economy of your video game. I just don't. I this was the biggest. This one right here was the biggest <laughs> fail for me. Um, the game costs money to buy. Yeah. Um, also, the game is terrible. Yeah. And you're trying to earn goodwill from the people that are around playing your game. The few people that are. And now you're going to charge them a hundred dollars annually, and I don't remember what the monthly subscription was, but it's like significantly more expensive if you want to play for it monthly. Can can you imagine being a, the dude who's super into Fallout? You buy both the regular special edition with the wrong bag that's not actually made out of canvas, and you buy the special GameStop helmet that gives you mold poisoning, <laughs> and you buy that rum that came in a plastic bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you have all this shit and you're playing your game on your xbox one so it's constantly freezing and crashing on you there's one guy out there that did then all this. then they they come out and say to you we're not giving you the big feature we promised at e3 give us a hundred dollars <laughs> Give us $100. And what does this $100 include, Frank? I'm glad you asked. You get Private Worlds. More on that later. A scrapbox with infinite storage. More on that later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Placeable survival uh, tent fast travel point with a stash, sleeping bag, and more to essentially just break the game and make it so you can harvest resources willy-nilly. They give you $16.50 atoms per month to use in the atomic shop. Uh, you okay. get. I have no idea what that means. Whatever the hell a ranger armor <laughs> outfit and then icons and emotes pet. So so, the atomic shop is there. Uh, it's where they sell like in-game uh, items that you can buy with atoms that you either get a paltry amount for doing certain in-game tasks or you pay with real money because of course they did that because they're Bethesda and this was the end game the entire time. <laughs> this game okay. is a scam. <laughs> so basically cosmetic stuff like ranger armor outfits and icons and emotes packs at first it was cosmetic stuff but then they sold a refrigerator for your base which you would think would be cosmetic except if you stick food in there it doesn't expire and apparently food expiration is a big deal in this game okay so yeah um well now essentially having like in in uh in a game where, if you remember, they launched a PvP feature a while back. Yeah, it's like a battle royale thing. Yeah, or, or just the general PvP in the game. Like, okay, you now have a players who, by giving you a hundred dollars or ten dollars a month, can make their own private servers where they can harvest resources and put in a scrap box that has infinite capacity which is something that people playing this game have been bitching about constantly because you are constantly encumbered apparently it's so much to the point where like like the weights were so screwed up that uh bobby pins weighed like some insane amount and <laughs> apparently todd howard got sent an envelope full of them with a note that said weigh these <laughs> which is hilarious to me <laughs> So yeah, you can basically, you can resource hoard and like just launch nukes, get the rare loot, yada 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 in your own private server. Then you can take all those items that you get with your twinked out character and go in the public server and blow people away in the PvP mode. Oh my god. But. 
That would that would be if these things worked. At launch, the private servers were set up so that anyone that you have friended can just go in at will. And that's great in a game where you need to friend people to trade with them. <laughs> also, the uh, infinite scrap box with infinite storage was really just a trash can. Because if people who put items in there weren't getting them back... Yeah, <laughs> I read that. The Bethesda fix for it was, try opening another player's scrap box on a public server. It may help get the item show back to show back up again. If that doesn't work, restart the game. If that doesn't work, uninstall and reinstall the game. Reinstall, <laughs> oh my god, dude. And That's also, it. apparently, even with the private servers that let anyone on your friends list in, there have just been bugs where other people have been showing up in those servers. This is a dumpster fire. This company doesn't test anything. It's insane. Like, uh, I, I, now I have a theory on this. I think that Bethesda has always had this... We don't test known shippable, uh, just send it out ethos about bugs in their game. But since they told compelling single-player stories that people wanted, you know, Oblivion, Morrowind, Skyrim, Fallout 3 to a certain extent, like... People were willing to overlook those, and then you also had on the PC, which is predominantly where these games were played, you had modders who would go in and fix the shit. And yeah. then Todd Howard, would, Todd Howard would release the same game unfixed on the Switch a decade later. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so they've always had this problem. It's just coming home to roost for them because Fallout 76 is an, a persistently online game. They no story, no real story. Yeah, no real story, no real like no, nothing to hold people like gra grab people's attention and hold them to it. Aside from the gameplay itself, which the Fallout shoot gunplay has never been good. But they also are since it's an online experience by default antagonistic to modding. So you don't have people going in and fixing a laundry list of small bugs in your game and making it actually functional. Yeah, for sure. This is an issue, man. This this game I don't think it's I don't think it's ever redeemable. No. I don't I don't know why at this point anyone is playing this game. Like they started to gain momentum there after E three. There was a lot of hype around the stuff they were doing. Um and there was like a kind of a following behind it and people and supporters of the game, but um, that has fell fell off drastically. That has to be utterly destroyed at this point, right? Like, this is this is multiple slaps in the face to your community, a community of people who paid a sixty dollar cost to get in your game. I like, I don't know how much Fallout seventy six sells for now, but it's not free. It's like you usually find it for like twenty bucks. That's appropriate. It should be cheaper, but like. Uh, on top of all, on top of all of these technical issues, apparently, due to the fact that Fallout First players get a special emblem next to their name, it's essentially caused a class war on the servers, where like people are hunting people with that emblem. Really? Yeah, and there's no way to disable the emblem. So, like, if you're paying for Fallout seventy six, you're probably getting attacked by griefers constantly. Oh, that's so good. I absolutely love that story. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. Like Fallout 76 is basically um 
a simulation of the current issues that we face in our uh, economy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Todd Howard's Class War. Dude, that's rough, man. It, I don't even know what to say. I was actually excited about this game when it was announced. Yeah, I remember talking it to you about it, and I was like, oh. this is going to be horse shit. And you were like, nah, man. I was, like, really excited about it, man. I was, like, mad hyped for it. I'm a diehard Fallout fan, dude. I, there's not a single Fallout game I haven't played, but... This one I have not played. But the sad thing is I, I am a sucker for the aesthetics of this game to the point where even on this Fallout First Class Divide article, the image of that, like, uh, red uh, power suit yeah. looks so cool that I'm like, maybe I should give this game a try. I'm not gonna, but... No, don't do that. It definitely has the aesthetics. But yeah, I don't... I know that, like, the end game of this was Bethesda wanted their games-as-a-service thing that could give them a sustained revenue model but uh they they're not a company that makes online games like aside from the elder scrolls online which they didn't it's use good. any of the tech from yeah that's um, actually a good online game yeah that and i'm not sure how much hand bethesda proper actually has in that game but uh, but from the looks of this to not much they, yeah like, they don't look like they have any idea what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely not. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall in there, man. Uh, when someone came in there and was like, "Charge a hundred dollars a year. That's how we'll make our money now that Doom's delayed." Um, and then everybody was like, "Yeah, that'll work." The fact that no one was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Are you fucking serious right now?" <laughs> I feel like it was like a push um, for investors, man. Like it was something they had to do. Uh, for a source of revenue. Yeah, I feel like it, if they had just scrapped this idea and announced, hey, we're having Fallout first, or Bethesda first, this new thing where if you give us $10 a month, you get to play every Bethesda game. Yeah, like, how much money are they really making? I mean, I shouldn't say that. They're probably still making tons of money on Skyrim games. Yeah. They're fucking everywhere. I'm like, how much money are they- I'm sitting here thinking, how much still making off their like classic games but like if you put like oblivion and morrowind and skyrim and fallout 3 and you know even like fallout 4 and seinfeld their new space game <laughs> and like if you put all those on some sort of fucking subscriptions like some of these other companies are doing like ubisoft and stuff um and charge me ten dollars a month for it i'd be like all right yeah, or, like, then, get like, Doom and the Wolfenstein games in there, too. Like, shit. Yeah, dude. Like, do something like that, and then have this fall be a part of that. Like, okay, you get you get all this stuff if you're subscribed to Bethesda's shit. And like, yeah, you get the special points. Then it wouldn't seem like such a goddamn slap in the face. I know it would be like, oh, man, too much goodwill to give their games out for a subscription. Um, but who the fuck is buying Morrowind right now? I don't, I don't know. Like, I I really, I need to go on Steam and see how many people are playing Fallout 76. But, yeah. anyway, speaking, speaking of completely broken messes, so there's a new WWE game out, and I know what you're going to say to me. Aren't wrestling games always bad? And you're right. But this one is <laughs> special. I have seen so many glitches out of this thing. I've seen so much busted hair physics. I've seen people reduced to just like a weird, fl like weird flesh floating above eyes and teeth. 
Like, this is yeah. I have seen quite a few like memes and shit come from this game. It's what. So what happened here is, uh, 2K and their infinite wisdom fired Ukes, the people who were making this game. These games are based on an engine that technically dates back to the PlayStation era, but uh, more accurately is a PlayStation 2 engine that has just had stuff duct taped on top of it for eons pet like up until now and Ukes were the only people who understood how to use it but th this apparently the, the reason for the firing was that there was an interview with Ukes in Japan like with the head or something I'm not quite sure but uh they said, yeah, we, there's a lot of stuff we want to do in these 2K wrestling games, but 2K won't let us do it because the release schedule's too tight. So we're working on a new game, and uh, look for that shortly. And apparently 2K did not like that. Right. But some, just some of the... Uh, the it's, it's not even just the glitches. Like, some of the face scans and face modeling in this are the most suspect ones I've seen in any sort of technically triple-A release, like... I mean, yeah, it's a 2K sports game. Yeah, like, it's, it's a triple-A game. Like, yeah. the Ultimate Warrior looks like someone's cousin going as the Ultimate Warrior for Halloween. Some of the, some of the faces in this game just don't even look human. <laughs> Dude, that sucks. Hulk that Hogan sucks. is cross-eyed and looks like he has gas. Also, they put Hulk Hogan back in the game. They're like they're acknowledging his existence. What the fuck? Oh man, I know very little about wrestling, but I do know that's funny. Yeah. Well, I hope that between this and the fact that WWE is like sucking shit through ten bricks right now in general, and there's a new promotion in town, AEW, that is actually gaining steam and gaining momentum, and apparently a bunch of the wrestlers want to leave WWE to go there. I really hope that WWE just dies because it's time. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm... I haven't been hearing good things uh, surrounding this game and the WWE in general. Yeah, they, they've always been a gross scumfuck company, and I think those chickens are finally coming home to roost. And speaking as someone who is adjacent to wrestling, uh, and I say that because, like... I don't watch it with any sort of religious fervor. I usually watch WrestleMania, and that's about it. But as someone who's adjacent to wrestling, like, this company needs to die off in favor of some a promotion that's actually going to treat their wrestlers right, because the WWE insists that their wrestlers are paid, con are like, uh, contractors, and they don't give them health care. In uh, one of the most physically demanding jobs that you can find. And they also make them pay their own travel costs. Like, it's fucked. Dude, that's horrible. Yeah, they suck. Like, Vince McMahon is a weird, gross sex offender. <laughs> so weird. Wow. Anyway, that's that. Uh, <laughs> look, up, look up some glitch comps on YouTube if you get the chance. Uh, speaking of bad releases... Um, so Saints Row 2 is my favorite Saints Row game, and the PC port of it was done by High Vi Voltage Software, and is an absolute disaster so bad that Volition said we're handling all the ports in-house, and from Saints Row 3 onward they did that, and those ports are rock solid. But I always felt bad because my favorite game, like, 
it's the programming so bad that uh, essentially the game speed is tied to the original single core speed of the Xbox 360's processor. So if you have a faster processor, the game runs out of sync. Are you serious? Yeah, 100%. Dude, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a hack job. But apparently Volition has found the Saints Row 2 source code, and they're doing a proper PC release. I am so excited for this. I like Saints Row. I like the first two Saints Row games. Um, Saints Row, the first one was good. Um, you are the like, only person I've heard say that, but <laughs> I I liked it, man. Like I just have kind of fond memories. Uh, the first one came out on the 360, and I remember just playing. That was like the first kind of. Uh, they did a little. They they did a little bit of what GTA Five and GTA Online is doing now with the first two Saints Row games. They had like the team deathmatch and like the, um, the like objective based stuff that you could play online. And I played a lot of Saints Row. Uh, those first two games online. Yeah, I. With I people for Saints Row Two, I was there for the co op. Like that was amazing to me, and there still isn't really a game series that lets you do that like GTA has flirted with the idea of it but ultimately never really did like full co-op campaign which is something that you can only get in Saints Row 2 specifically because that's the like Saints Row 2 and technically 3 but I think 3 is just a worse 2 to be honest but um uh, yeah 3 is a horrible game I've softened on it because it's the only one I can play on PC <laughs> But I just can't. It's so like it's just a joke, dude. The game is just like this large joke. That was that game was big old disappointment when it came out. Yeah, I I'm not a fan. But uh, yeah, Saints Row Two. Like to me, the only game that does open world, uh, like uh, the open world crime games, better is GTA Five. And even then, be. that's kind of a horse of a different color to the point where you could argue that they're too dissimilar in what their aims are to even be compared like that. I mean, Saints Row 1 and 2 were basically GTA games. Yeah, that was the intent. But, I mean, GTA is like a whole different beast, and they I think they kind of veered off in Saints Row 3 and further could try to kind of create their own name for themselves their own like path or whatever yeah did you play saints row 4 at all i did not saints row 4 is really interesting it uses the same city as three in the same way that two use the same city as one but it's a superhero game it feels like prototype it's actually it's a good game and i like it a hell of a lot it is not the same as the other games yeah i'm pretty sure they ported the saints row games to switch if i'm not mistaken did they i didn't know that i didn't expect to see them there but i i'm i'm like 90 percent sure that happened weird but yeah um i'm looking forward to that apparently it's gonna have all the dlc included even the exclusive xbox 360 stuff uh honestly not that the dlc is all that great but it's there which is cool and i can't wait for it to come out because i have a let's play of that game that I have been doing in the midst of since my website started almost a decade ago. 
of Saints Row 2? Yeah. <laughs> like, it started with me and uh, Minerva um, just on the 360. Then it went to me and Pete on the PS3. And now it's going to be all three of us on PC <laughs> finally when this comes out. That'll be entertaining. Yeah, it'll be great. But anyway, um, in other news, EA is going back to Steam. This is interesting to me. It's it's super interesting and very odd. Like I think probably some bean counter at EA just realized, hey, nobody likes Origin and it's actively costing us people buying our games. Yeah, I I've never liked Origin. It's like I don't even like the whole. That's like one thing about PC is like everybody wants like. Um, steam equivalent like there's origin pretty sure ubisoft has one you play you play yeah and then the epic game store and like it's just nobody wants to put their shit on other people's shit and then you end up downloading all these fucking um places different places to play your game and like if everybody just put their shit on steam i'd be happy yeah i'm i'm fine with the epic game store because i think that it's trying to be a legitimate steam competitor whereas EA's shit is just EA shit, and Ubisoft shit is just Ubisoft shit. But yeah, yeah they're gonna think... start kicking out uh, games back on the Steam. Um, they are not letting you transfer the licenses from Origin to Steam because, of course, they aren't. Yeah, why would they do that? You know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do agree with you on the Epic Game Store. Uh, I think it's good to have competition and seeing them like compete and try to get their. Uh, there's shit up there and relevant um, to the conversation I think has is, is been quite interesting yeah um, they're also putting EA Access on Steam which is pretty interesting it's uh, not the same as Origin Access god this is fucking confusing so it's not the same as Origin Access which gives you a wider variety of shit it's more like the console one they, they have on console where you get early access to games and then you get like access to the vault. Yeah. Which is like older EA games. So I'm thinking what's going to happen is that EA's stratified premium services are going to be even more of a weird, convoluted, broken mess. Like, do you remember like that? I think it was for Battlefield or it might have been Battlefront 2, just the release thing where it was like five separate windows depending on what. That combination of shit that you had it was anthem okay dude that was a disaster oh my god dude they, they had like a whole bar chart or some shit like <laughs> yeah like it shouldn't i had to read it shouldn't be a fucking scatter plot like i shouldn't have to take a statistics course to understand when i'm gonna be able to play my horrifically botched games as a service game <laughs> oh man uh, in other EA news, uh, sorry, did you have more on that? I was just going to say that, that that right there just shows that game was just rough right out the gate. There, There is, like, a very interesting book to be written about that game's development cycle. Jason Schreier. Yeah. Do. Yeah, he already, he already did some articles on it, so it wouldn't surprise yeah, he me did. if he goes into it. was deep. a really good one. I, I read, like, his story behind it on Kotaku. It was great. Yeah. Uh, in other EA news, they've canceled NBA Live 20, which is hilarious because this is one of the first games to be canceled before being officially announced. 
Yeah, um, this doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I, I felt like a sports announcer when I said that. I was going to be like, yeah, Frank, uh, this doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Um, I'm going to be honest, NBA Live is terrible. <laughs> um, I, I actually know a few people that play the series, uh, that play NBA, NBA Live because they're not like hardcore in the NBA, and um, it's usually the cheaper one. I think it usually comes out at a cheaper price. It's not usually the full retail $60 price tag. Especially when you uh, rope in the microtransactions that the 2K games are riddled with. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's kind of like the more budget-based. It's always on sale. Like, I've seen it on PSN for like 10 bucks, like, right after it comes out and shit. So, like, um, it's not a bad, it's not a horrible basketball game. It's just not a great one. And uh, 2K has kind of owned that shit. And, um, I mean, I guess, I mean, EA, I, I feel like they... Like, I was of the mind that they would always just release an NBA Live game. Even if it did terrible, they would just release one um, annually. But it seems like they're just going to go ahead and cancel that shit. Uh, maybe they're going to go back to the drawing board, release one a couple years from now. I think they did that several years back where there was no NBA Live game for, like, three or four years. And they, like, relaunched it. Um, so maybe they, they go that route again. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's really odd to me. Like, just just how how they cancel it without officially announcing it yeah i know i mean but like with these sports games you don't really officially announce like madden never they're just like um you always know it's coming out in august every year yeah yeah never has like this coming out party where like okay madden's coming out it's gonna launch in 2020 or 2021 they everyone just assumes it's coming in august of whatever yeah that's a good point Um, so like I don't. I mean that that was probably the case with this one, and it looks like. I mean, you would you would assume that you were expecting NBA Live Twenty to come soon. Um, now that basketball season is you know fully in the swing, and so uh, I, I guess I don't know. They were just like, "Hey, it's not coming." Yeah. <laughs> if y'all were expecting it, it's not going to be here. You're stuck with 2K. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somehow we're the better company in this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of other delays, Last of Us 2 has been delayed to spring, which is pretty funny considering they just had a big kerfuffle over their release date coming out. They literally had an event for the Last of Us 2 release date, and then three weeks later, deleted by three months. That's fucking beautiful. Um, I have, like, this is another one of those fly-on-the-wall situations where I would love to be in a like hear those conversations i'm sure naughty dog like sony was like hey we want this out before the fiscal year um ends and naughty dog was like that's not gonna fucking happen and they're like it's gonna happen we really need it to happen and naughty dog was like probably was trying to play ball um i imagine it so they they announced the release date they had this big thing and they're like okay we'll we'll make the date and then there's a lot of back and forth and um, I'm sure that Sony finally gave and we're like, look, just make the best possible fucking game you can make, um, which Naughty Dog typically does. Um, it's not a Naughty Dog game if it's not delayed. Yeah, like, they, they, they have always been the type of studio, much like Nintendo, where they're like, 
yeah, this will be released when it's ready, and I'm fine with that, to be honest. Like that. Yeah, I mean, another three months, like, whatever. You know, where I love to play this in February instead of March when just about every other fucking game on the planet is coming out? Yeah, we much. Or May, like, and that, from, like, end of March to, like, early June, you've got just, like, where every single game in 2019 got delayed to. Um I think Doom's coming out in that period. You got Final Fantasy VII, um, Cyberpunk. Uh, I mean, like you just got a ton of shit coming out now. Last of Us Two, and it, it's gonna be like, I don't know. It's gonna be hard to time, find time to play all these fucking games because now spring twenty twenty feels like a fall. You gotta, um, you gotta make that backlog, man. I know, man. It's rough, but. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, the Last of Us is still in my top five all-time favorite games. Um, probably my favorite like story, linear like story-based game of all time. Um, definitely my favorite Naughty Dog game. I really like like the setting and the world that they created uh, with this, and I was really crossing my fingers and hoping for a sequel. Although a lot of people of the mind where like this was so like last of us should have been like this standalone thing um i was like dude this needs more attention um i fucking love it i really love it i love that that series so i'm excited to play it i want it to be perfect i want it to be as good as it could possibly be so if another few months gets it to that point i'm happy yeah and the thing is you don't worry when uh naughty dog delays a game you worry when bethesda delays a game (laughs) yeah because like the reasons aren't probably are not in line. <laughs> yeah, uh, Naughty Dog is like, we need more time to get this to the level of polish that we want it to have. Bethesda's like, we need more time to make this a functioning game, and then we're still not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we need more time to make this actually function we, and not destroy your hardware. We need more time to polish this turd. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, um, I'm excited for it. Really looking forward to it, man. Well, bust out the turd polish, because we gotta talk about Google Stadia again. Oh, God. So, oh, my God. Uh, there's an article on Polygon that uh, is called Google Stadia is the first early access video game console, which is the most accurate headline I have seen in a long time. I love this headline, by the way. Ben Kuchera... I think that's how you pronounce yeah. his name. If you did this, if you're responsible, great. Good on you, man. Oh yeah, so Stadia. You can you can buy it technically. You can get on like a weird early launch list and then you like they're going to send it out in the order that they receive the pre-order and you get a controller and you get a Chromecast Ultra, and that controller syncs to the Chromecast Ultra, which is already not what they said it was going to do originally. Um, And then you play games via the Google Cloud on that Chromecast Ultra. Originally, what they had said is that the Stadia controller is not necessary for Stadia. You can play games in the browser with whatever control you have, but the benefit of the Stadia controller is that it has its own Wi-Fi technology in it to where it is going to connect through your router directly to Google servers to minimize latency. 
This thing doesn't yeah. do that. It doesn't Great. even do regular wireless control. You need to plug it into USB via USB-C if you want to use it in your PC. <laughs> God, dude. By you the way, they, they, you can't play the games in PC yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was literally about to say that. Oh my god. Um, this is fucking horrible, and I'm so glad. I didn't, like everybody was mad. There, there was a few people that were like mad hyped for this when they announced like pre-orders were going up, and they were like, "Oh, I want that Founders Edition." And paid 120 dollars. Um, I am really glad I didn't do that uh, because. First of all, like, I don't like if I was invested in the Google ecosystem, which I'm not in any way, shape, or form, I'm on the contrary, invested in the Apple ecosystem. Um, I might be more inclined to be like, okay, like, you know, I'll check this out. Like, I got a Google phone, I got, you know, Google Home, and I've got like these, like the Chromecast and shit like that. Uh, it'd be easy, you know, connect this Stadia controller or whatever to the Google server, shit like that. But like, that's not the case for me. So, like, I have to go out of my way to, with my setup to get this working. Um, and, like, I would have had to do the $120 Founders Edition or whatever because I would have needed, like, a Chromecast and shit. And that, so, it has to be played on the Chromecast Ultra, too, not even the regular one. Like, that has to be a processing thing, I'd assume. But, damn. Yeah, you you would assume so. And the fact that you play it, like, I was interested in checking it out. Like, one, like able to played in the browser i'm gonna check this out like i'm just gonna i'm gonna check it out like i recently started using uh playstation's remote play feature fucking cool man like it's cool so like i downloaded the remote play app on my ipad um and like i'm hardwired my playstation is hardwired um at home and i just put it in rest mode um, and I was completely somewhere else connected to a different Wi-Fi. Um, and I brought it up on my iPad and bam, playing it. High definition. I was playing Outer Worlds on my PS4. Uh, that And it worked really well. Like, there was a little bit of latency. It was a first-person shooter, so it was quite a bit no more noticeable. Um, but, like, it worked. And it worked really well. And I didn't have to pay really anything extra for yeah. that. Yeah, and a single-player yeah. game, that's not the hugest deal. Yeah, exactly. But like when you are pushing, like Google Stadia is pushing like thing two is like their big fucking marquee thing. Like, and I'm still so torn up about that. I'm like, why would you mark? And Destiny 2 and like Doom are like their big marketing pushes for this fucking thing, uh, for the streaming service. I'm like, first of all, Doom, like if you have any latency in that game, fuck off. Like, seriously. That and even, the... sorry, continue. No, Destiny 2 is a multiplayer-based shooter yeah. where you're playing with other people, and it's supposed to be cross-play and cross-progression. So if somebody's playing on Google fucking Stadia, and I'm playing on, like, actual, like, a PC or a fucking PlayStation or something, like, it, it's going to be noticeably different unless they really perfect this shit. And uh, we looked further, in, I looked further into this whole thing that we talked about a couple times back with the whole um, AI predicting. Yeah, the negative latency thing. And it turns out, that what they meant by that um, is they're going to basically like kind of pull down all the different outcomes at any given moment for like the next, I don't know, give or take a few seconds. So like 
um if you're like in like assassin's creed or something like they'll pull down like all the different ways um you could approach something uh, at any given moment to that way like you don't experience the latency from moment to moment but dude like if it's constantly pulling like that there's no way that that's not going to that you're not going to experience potentially even more latency then Um, there's also the fact that like to do that you either have to run multiple copies of the game or these games need to be written with some sort of special stadia code in mind which if they're putting out older stuff like doom on the service those games aren't going to have yeah for sure definitely not but i think what gets me is that like google stadia when we were first told about it its big innovation was hey now you can play video games without needing a console without needing a good pc you just need a controller and your browser no hardware involved unless you want to buy a controller which does some special shit now it's a hardware release how did that happen yeah now you have to have the chromecast you have to have the control supposed to work and it's like it's straight up early access like nothing they promised is there yeah they, they've even the said here program. like oh you, you uh any games you get on the service you are yours to keep barring unforeseen circumstances which speaking as someone who's ass deep in the google ecosystem those unforeseen circumstances come up pretty fu- uh frequently like google hasn't released a new product that hasn't been either cancelled, delayed, or fucked with in years. The only thing I can think of is um, Google, or not not Google Play Music, YouTube Music, which was supposed to replace Google Play Music, except Google Play Music is still around, YouTube Music doesn't have the same track list as Google Play Music, and there's no way to uh, move playlists between the two. Technically, I have access to both, but I'm not touching YouTube Music until they force me. Hangouts was supposed to go away. It's still some sort of weird zombie limbo service. Oh, I know. And I think the only reason it didn't go away is because it's a part of Project Fi, their cellular service, which I have, and that's how you do computer texting is through Hangouts. Right. There's, like, and then just the shit that they have left on the side of the road. Google Glass. Uh, Google Allo. Like, Google Inbox, which was their weird not gmail email thing that like redid how the inbox worked and i i feel like stadia is just another instance of one of those google projects that someone thought of because they were looking for a new thing to do and that's how google works nobody improves the existing tech not to say that there's existing stadia tech but like it's always some weird new thing that they're doing yeah, I know. And you can really never trust it. Maybe a year or two down the line if it's going strong. Things like that. Like, I'll try it. I'll subscribe to it. Check it out. Like, I definitely am interested in it. And um, But everyone else is doing it too, man. Like, like I said, PlayStation Remote Play works. I have a PlayStation. I want to play my PlayStation games on my iPad. with And iOS now has support for, like, PS4. Like, PS4, Xbox One, other Bluetooth controllers and shit. Um, So, like, if I want to try this stuff out, like, there's other ways to do it. PlayStation Now is still a thing. Yeah. (laughs) I know everyone forgets about that, but it still exists. Yeah, and you can actually download games from that. Some games. They're, like, 
trying to push this into the Game Pass territory. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when PlayStation 5 and the new Xbox launch. Um, it'll be interesting to see a bunch of Stadia controllers and thrift stores. And thrift stores. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it being that successful. There's not a lot of really strong um, positivity around this at all in any way, shape, or form. Well, it doesn't help that, like, most of... Uh... Not most, but like half of what we heard about it has just seemed like outright marketing wank that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then you get into the nitty gritty, start reading the print, and you get articles like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, quick little snack here. Uh, Ubisoft's CEO has said that they want cross platform play for all of their PvP games. Uh, I know that, like, that doesn't really mean anything, but apparently the executive who was at Sony, I can't remember if it was their CEO. Layden. Um, who? Layden. Yeah, he left. yeah, he left, and apparently he was the big stumbling block for uh, crossplay. Yeah, because the next day they announced that it was out of beta. So. So yeah, hopefully it won't matter what console you own soon, and you'll be able to play video games with people who own that game on a PC or an X-Bone because it never made any sense for these experiences to be segregated when it's just networking packets that are being sent around. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, by the way, is like the first real big game to do that. Um, Good. I've been playing online with PC and Xbox players with no issues at all, so that's pretty cool. I would not want to play an FPS against PC people on console. But... Uh, they match it up by input. Um, matchmaking does anyway. Oh, uh, you cool. can turn it off. You can pick which um, crossplay you want to activate. But like, apparently, if they're playing keyboard and mouse, they're not going to get matched up with people playing on console. Essentially, good. Um, you want to gush about the Diablo Four trailer? Fuck yeah! So uh, Diablo 4 announced, and I am incredibly hyped for this. Um, I'm a diehard Diablo fan. I played a shitload of Diablo 2, played a shitload of Diablo 3. Um, Diablo 3 was a big um, step in a different direction from Diablo 2. Diablo 2 is much darker, uh, more dreary uh, game. Diablo 3 looked more like a Blizzard game to me. Um, Diablo 3 looked like World of Warcraft. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Diablo 4 looks like it's back to the diablo 2 kind of ways and that it is a that trailer was fucking dark as hell it was like a 10 minute cinematic trailer um it was extremely dark and twisted um i did not get like a quote-unquote world of warcraft or um even diablo 3 type feel for this i was like legitimately excited after seeing that cinematic trailer ign and a couple other outlets were footage because it was uh at that at at the event and they got hands on with it there's a lot of gameplay out there um so you know if you're interested check out the gameplay videos because those are fucking cool um the game looks cool the enemies look cool the environments look great um it definitely looks like it's going back kind of to the roots diablo 2 uh it it it's kind of got that same feel to me from what i've seen so far uh, and I'm really fucking excited about it. It was announced. It's got to be coming out soon. Um, I don't think they announced a launch day, uh, but they announced it for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. 
Um, and since Sony and Microsoft both announced cons- new consoles for 2020, I assume this game's coming out pretty soon. Um, probably sometime. Go figure, it's probably sometime in the fucking spring next year. Yeah. Um, just like everything else. But I'm really fucking excited. This will be my obsession. I will be playing it a lot. Um, Here's where I make the joke that I'll play it after the first expansion when the game after actually becomes good. But uh, my fiance is a massive Diablo fan, so I'm going to end up playing this at launch more than likely. Not that I mind. Like, I enjoyed my time with Diablo 3. I am a big fan of Diablo 2, Lords of Destruction specifically. Like, I played a ton of that in high school. So Such a good game. If this game's more like that, then hell yeah, let's go. That's the feel I got from this this trailer, dude. Like it's 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 dark, um, and even like the kind of design of the um, character classes and stuff is just really more of the Diablo two type than like the Diablo three, where you had like it, you're right, man. Like it looked more like a World of Warcraft like like type came like it was very colorful you you could tell that they used like the same artists on that game which yeah, isn't going sure. to happen with diablo 4 because blizzard laid off all of those people <laughs> yeah um i shouldn't be laughing about that that's no not that's great. terrible but, anyway like it this game looks great um it's everything i wanted to see from diablo 4 like i'm percent satisfied from what i've seen from this game so far not disappointed in any way shape or form like similar in the way that everyone was disappointed after they had that huge event where they announced some like mobile game. Um, and all honestly, I didn't think the mobile game looked all that bad, but people were just disappointed. They didn't see Diablo four. Uh, I Diablo think, 4 is- uh, the original plans for that announcement were to be Diablo four related. And then they got, they kind of got like the rug pulled out from under them at the last second and had to just announce the mobile thing, which, uh, ouch. Yeah. For sure. I mean, if it was Diablo 4 and then also responded as badly. Um, but since it was just this huge event to show off a mobile game, it, people people were pissed. Yeah. Um, but I just love Diablo, man, and I'm, I'm really hyped for this. I'm really excited to play it. They also announced Overwatch 2. I'm not a huge Overwatch fan. I haven't played Overwatch in a really long time. I think it's a big deal, but I don't really have much to say about it. Um, but it's there, and it's coming. I couldn't care less about overwatch 2 yeah i probably won't be playing it i mean i'll probably play it a little bit and give it a shot i just wish um, valve could count to three and give me a new team fortress game show i'm actually really surprised that they haven't done that to be honest you know actually me too but you know valve doesn't make video games anymore so true true um anyway trev it's now time to talk about hideo kojima's baffling suitcase adventure <laughs> Is that one Death Stranding? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the... Oh, boy. Um, what do we talk about first? Let... Uh, let's just talk about... I... So, from, like, I'm, we're programmers, right? Yes. Um, you have to admit, there's, like, a lot of... In terms of, like, the mechanics and stuff, when it comes to Hideo Kojima's games, I've always felt that there's been a lot of um unique and special attention paid to um pro the programming side of game development in his games oh yeah um, like the the man like just 
everything uh, in Kojima games, especially as hardware has gotten more advanced, like he always pays the most attention to just little animations and stuff like that that make the character seem more real or tech to just render things like sweat or moisture or reflections just yeah. as, as, because he has a cinematic mindset. So he wants everything to look perfect. The culmination of his efforts, I think, even though apparently this game didn't have a crazy amount of money behind it, is Death Stranding. Like, despite what you say about the gameplay or the story, and there's a lot to be said about both those things, this game looks amazing. It looks incredible. Um, I'm a diehard Kojima fan. Uh, I don't think he, he can't do wrong, in my opinion. It, regardless of what the reviews say, we're about to get into that. Um, this is a day one purchase for me. And honestly, I knew it would be right up my alley. This is a game I'm going to like. Um, like, I knew it. Like, the, the second they announced... Kojima's doing this game. They showed me a trailer. I had no idea what the fuck the game was, but I wanted to play it. Um, yeah, that... <laughs> and that's 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 how I feel about those games. And Kojima, like, man, there's just that nostalgia with with him. Like the dings, the noises he like he put like every single little fucking attention to detail that he puts into his games. Like Metal Gear Solid Five, I played so much, maybe hundreds of hours to that game. There were nights that I sat down to play that game and literally spent four hours in the menus. Like, and I didn't come off of that experience thinking I didn't like it, I didn't enjoy it, I didn't have fun. I had fun in the menus. Like, (laughs) this is, like, his attention to detail, his design, there's just so much fucking thought in every nook and cranny. There's nothing half-assed there, in there, his games. There are very few people making video games, like the big names, that I can say have the same cachet in people's minds as directors. The only ones I have are uh, Swery, to some extent, just from being fucking weird, Suda51, Kind of the same thing, except Suda Fifty One's really more like the Quentin Tarantino video games. Hideki Kamiya sure. also has a vision. Yoko Taro, but the first and biggest one I'd say is uh, Hideo Kojima. That yeah, being said, sure. I, I have a weird history with Kojima because I have played Metal Gear Solid in the Metal Gear series, and that's it. I have played oh. Zone of the Enders a ton. I really like Zone of the Enders too. I have played Snatcher, and that game's really fun. I even played Police Knots for a little bit before I realized there's no way I can play this. It's in Japanese. Um, I haven't played like I did. I didn't play Metal Gear Solid Two. I watched someone play it. I haven't played Metal Gear Solid Three, even though that gets rave reviews. I had Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops Two, but that game doesn't count. Dude, did you play Metal Gear Solid, or did you watch someone play Metal Gear Solid Two fresh? Before you knew all the fucking shit when it came out. Yeah, no, st- story-wise, I-, I saw everything fresh. That game is a mindfuck. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, so good. Um, I- I'm i excited about this game. Let's get into the reviews a little bit, because this is probably the most divisive game of all time. Uh, I, got- I think we need to make special mention of the weird way that they had to cover the game. 
Yeah. Um, so Embargo came out early, which, you know, um, seems like Sony and everybody was pretty confident uh, in this one. A week early, all the embargoes were lifted. It looks like... Not, not all of them. What... Yeah, there's certain story spoilers. Not even that. Like, like the, the, if you were doing a video on this game, you could only do 20 minutes. It yeah, had to be non-contiguous, and then you could do 10 minutes of technical analysis. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's this game is very story oriented, and I'm think and like the thing that I've seen around it is, and the reason why it was so hard to nail down in the lead up to it is i feel like they've treated gameplay mechanics as spoilers for this game um like certain things you can and can't do in this game are being treated as spoilers uh, and in that sense it's really hard for some of these critics to come out and be like look this mechanic this game does this 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 and this i wasn't expecting it to do this and they can't really say those things right like yeah they can only talk about certain elements of the game. Um, but my thing is this whole, they were able to talk about this whole online shared world thing and that like people can, and this is the most incredible and interesting thing to me surrounding this game and this whole like Kojima calling it a strand game or whatever. Um, and that people are allowed to like leave items and shit and camps and build shit. Um, in the world and you're able to pick those things up um you're able to build on top of those things um it's kind of interesting like the world is built around you by other people playing the game um i I have a super weird theory on that sure go ahead this is his attempt at making a minecraft game stay with me like he he is he's not trying to make a crafting game like he's not trying to actually make minecraft but He's trying to make a game that evokes similar feelings, especially of, like, Minecraft multiplayer, where you're just discovering things that either people have left or that are just there, that exist in the world. Right. Like, I think that this is him trying to go after that feeling, and I think that he does a very good job at it. Yeah, this is an incredible idea and thought. Um, It's unique, it's interesting, and the way it's weaving into the story and kind of how the game... Because he's big on story, too, and apparently the story... Like, I haven't really heard anything negative about the story in this game. Um, a lot, Even the lower uh, reviews say, like, the story is pretty incredible. So, um, the way he's kind of weaving these things in um, and kind of key, keeping the pacing of the story uh, throughout an 80... What looks like an 80-hour game um, seems to be pretty incredible. Uh, and I'm really excited. Dude, I'm... Mad stoked to play this game. Yeah, so, some of the reviews, like you said, have been very polarized. And I, what I have noticed is that it seems like people who come at this from storyline, tone, um, feel like all the cinematic elements. Let me call them first, and the gameplay elements second. Really enjoy this game, whereas people who come at the game as a video game first and a vehicle for the story second don't like it because there are some elements of the game that aren't, like, mechanically sound or all the way fleshed out. And it's interesting because I was having a discussion on the Retroaction Squad Discord 
about this game, and I said when I said that exact thing, and then I followed it up with, "I tend to be in the second camp. I don't think this game's for me." But then I watched the giant bomb coverage of it, and I kind of want to play this video game. <laughs> Dude, I know. Um, I mean, if only to be part of the conversation. Uh, this game is everywhere, and if you pay attention to gaming social media or any way shape or form death stranding was the fucking topic on friday um i find it like i found that other people that like kojima games love this game um this game is like really fucking kojima and that that's what i want uh i really want a game that's like super thought out mechanics are kind of deep and complex um if you take this game face value uh and it's supposed to grab you in a couple hours probably not gonna like it I'm going to be completely real with you, but, um, like, if you kind of go all in, um, which I typically do with these games, uh, the Metal Gear games especially, like, those were, like, the first, like, real mature games that I ever played, um, and I kind of, like, really take in, like, the world and everything and, like, kind of go and take my time with it um then you're really i feel like a lot of those people like really enjoyed the game what i'm seeing is around the negativity around is like oh this is an artsy game i'm glad it exists it's different but it's boring like it's just so boring like yeah i can understand that there's still like at least for me this still might be it might end up being a boring game because like it seems like the primary thing that you're doing is taking things from one place to another like there are beached things to fight. There are um, some bosses, some like big, weird Cthulhu-looking boss monsters that we saw from like the uh, TGS footage. But all we, the majority of what we've seen is Norman Reedus with a ton of shit on his back, going <laughs> from point A to point B, drinking Monster Energy drink, drinking, taking peas, drinking Monster Energy drink out of a canteen that makes it out of the magic poisonous time rainfall it's it's crazy man i i love it i love everything i've seen about this game i'm fucking excited to play it um does not look boring to me uh but then again like i like kind of like the monotonous stuff um that's what what i was comparing it to actually just like the the suitcase element is doing cargo runs in elite dangerous yeah like i like those type games like i like dragon quest builders you know like i like um like i kind of get lost in those games that allow me to kind of like go off and explore and then like build shit leave shit behind for people and kind of like the the thing the multiplayer element really appeals to me and that like i could be having a completely different experience than just about anybody else at any given time with that game um it just seems really really enticing I'm I'm like mad. I'm like so excited to play it. Um, and and one one thing that I can really respect about this game too is that uh, Kojima is the first of those uh, big game directors that I was talking about who got ousted from their studio, um, and their next game is completely fucking different from what they were working on. Because if you think about Igarashi. Bloodstained is just Castlevania. 
Uh, yeah. Even Bayonetta is just kind of Devil May Cry. Or even No More Heroes is essentially like, at least in tone and uh, art style, the follow-up to Killer7. Like, yeah. Kojima is the first guy who... Really, the closest thing that this gets comfort zone. Yeah. yeah, the closest that this gets to Metal Gear is the fact that like there's weird characters like Die Hard Man, and uh, there's stealth elements, but those are the context is completely different. Yeah, I can see a lot of like the character design a little bit um, from like Metal Gear, some of the Metal Gear like enemies and shit uh, here as well. But I'm. I, I think you're right. Like, this is just a totally different fucking gameplay. Um, if you're going and expecting some, like, fucking Metal Gear type game, like, that's not what you're going to be getting. And I knew that right off the bat, too. Um, I was really excited, like, came like a real game. Uh, what? Silent Hill game. I said, I, I, it, it kind of itches me and makes me excited and, like, wishing that PT actually became a real game uh, and that Silent Hills got made uh, because. Like, he would have made a killer fucking horror game. Yeah, um, although maybe... I do wonder how much of that ended up in this game. You know, probably not much, to be completely honest. Did you ever play the PT demo? No, I didn't. Man, that is the scariest thing I've ever played in a video game. Man, that game's fucking frightening. Have you seen the actual uh, video somebody did where they, like... They found out some, the like, ghost was behind you the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. That shit's fucking creepy. Ugh. <laughs> Love it, love it, dude. So good. But yeah, it, 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 I think the jury's gonna be out until until not just we get an embargo lifted, but until you, as in everyone, plays this because this is a video game that is going to be a unique experience for not not just I don't even just mean the multiplayer stuff. Like I think that everyone who plays this game is going to get something different from it and that something might not be something they like but it's it's definitely a thing like it's definitely kojima <laughs> yeah dude it, i knew it right off the bat like all the trailers like i i just i'm I never knew what this game was, and I still am like, I kind of still don't know what the game is, but like, I'm really excited about it. Just really want to fucking play it. Um, this will be all I play for a while when it comes out next week. Like, everything else drops and gets put to the wayside um, while I go through this game at a very slow pace. Um, I've seen people finish it in 38 hours, I've seen people finish it at like over 100 hours. I think the Kotaku review, the person said they played it for like 90-some hours before they reviewed the game. Um, and then the IGN guy played it for like 40. So it's like, I'm really excited to see the differentiation and like the approaches that can be taken uh, throughout the duration of the story and how it progresses and kind of see how the pacing goes. Um, to see kind of like if it feels like it accommodates the longer play uh, or the shorter play. Yeah, I'll be interested to see that, too. But anyway, uh, did we have anything else that we wanted to address? Nah, man. I think that's it. I mean, once I get my hands on it and start playing it, dude, like, I think that'll be a heavy topic of conversation. I think uh, the what we're playing section will be quite a bit yeah. more in-depth next time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that comes out on the 8th, right? 
Yeah, Friday. Fuck, I I need to get that PS4, man. <laughs> yeah, jump on that, man. I would really like um, you to have something to say about it as well. You know, if we get get it, get some time in. Yeah, but anyway, that's gonna be it for us. Take it easy. Catch you guys. And have a smooth burrito. Have a smooth burrito. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. <laughs>